Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to another episode of the Best Bets show here on the Field of 68 YouTube channel. If you're watching on the main channel, be sure to check out the Best Bets channel as well. You can find that in the description down below. Check that out. We are the Three Man Weave. The show is presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Jim Root. I've got Kai McEwen, Matt Cox on either side of me, whatever one. I'm sure they're there. Uh, but fellas, we had a big day of basketball yesterday, almost 80 games. I know you were hooping last night, Kai, yourself. You had some, some rec league playoffs. We did. Did you take anything away from the games that were played in the collegiate level? Jim, my takeaway is UNC is terrible. Uh, they got the talent, but boy, are they poorly coached. And we talked about this. I ranted about this on our podcast last night. Hubert Davis is just is not a good coach. Uh, he allows Caleb Love to do whatever he wants. That's a bad strategy. Um, is his play calling Matthew is terrible. Uh, I could go on and on. I won't really beat a dead horse here, but summary, UNC's in trouble. Hubert Davis, you're on the fence, man, for me. Yeah, the ACC is looking pretty weird right now. Uh, Virginia fans got to be licking their chops, thinking they're going to cruise to another ACC regular season title. Yawn. Um, Jim, for me, um, no profound takeaways. I think home court sort of sustained last night. We talked about how the the home court value has been pretty strong. A lot of these non-conference games, Notre Dame rode that wave, Miami rode that wave, Indiana rode that wave, Duke rode that wave, and Butler. Uh, I think that's what, five examples of the cross-conference tilt so uh respect to home court and uh just tread lightly if you're looking to to back a road dog especially especially in these like big high marquee um you know cross conference challenges that would be a great transition to our our first game matt but i'm not going to go there yet uh to, to build off oh, your point right. yesterday this, this is info coming from covers home teams were 47 and 23 against the spread with one push 47 and 23 favorites 49 and 21 so Pretty good day for favorites home teams. I wouldn't necessarily say that's going to just continue going forward, but keep an eye on it. Like if, if the home teams continue to rock, maybe there's something to all these teams coming back from the MTE. They're a little exhausted. It's good to be home instead of the road team. Uh, that that might be something for future years. We should probably at least be aware of. Yeah. Archive. Um, <laughs> shout out to the ACC for winning the ACC big 10 challenge. That was impressive. And man, shout that? out to new Mexico. Holy cow. Yeah. Win on the road at St. Mary's. That team looks all the way legit. Uh, somebody, I think, messaged me. They're like, maybe they're this year's Wyoming, where they just kind of come out of nowhere and get an at-large bid. It's it's certainly possible with what the with the resume they're putting together. Yep. They have talent. I agree. All right. Let's kick off the outline here. Creighton at Texas. 
big headliner. Matt, you mentioned this is a cross-conference showdown. Blue Jays heading down to Texas. This is a team coming off the Maui trip. That's always a little bit difficult. Coming back from the island, they've had some time off, but still could be rather difficult. I think only Cincinnati has covered. Teams coming back from the island, they were able to blow out NJIT. Matt, I've, I've got other concerns, more, more about ball handling here. I'll get into some numbers in a bit, but are you leaning towards the home team just on principle here? Yeah, I am. And the numbers come down a half point. I think it opened at seven. It's at six and a half pretty much everywhere right now. If it got down to six, I'd be tempted to ride with the Hook'em Horms, Mr. McKeon. Uh, I, we talked about on our podcast last night, I, I think Ryan Kalkbrenner could have an edge up front if Creighton can give, get him the ball. And I think that's where they fail. The pressure that Texas can could put on you on the perimeter um, how hard it is just to bring the ball across half court to operate in your offense, to to make entry passes. That's what all the great defenses do. Iowa State does it. There's a number of other elite teams that do that. That's the key tonight. If, if Creighton's ball handlers can like make Texas defenders pay and, you know, maybe get some straight line drives, get it into Kalk inside where I think he's got an edge over DSU. That's where Creighton has success, but I just don't see it happen. I think Texas has this real juice flowing right now, and I'm probably going to ride it if it keeps falling. Yeah, still a relatively young Creighton team's first road test. They were awesome in Maui, though. They they passed my eye test. I was impressed with them. I'm buying them long-term. But Texas' home court seems legit. That that new building looks wonderful. The environment for the Gonzaga game was awesome. And this is also the best evens Creighton will see or has seen all year with apologies to Texas Tech. Uh, they play Texas Tech, right? I'm not I'm not making that one up. I believe yep. they did. Yep. Uh, yes, yeah. The key, Texas here, their, their numbers, the key numbers here, they're fourth in the country in two-point field goal percentage allowed. Creighton's 12th in field goal percentage, uh, two-point field goal percentage on offense. Texas can match up with what Creighton has been so successful doing all year, and that's what Matt kind of said, getting the ball to Kalkbrenner, getting it inside, getting it in the paint. And Texas's offense, Jim, looks way better than it has in the past. Yep. Um, the Jays do have a legit rim protector, and, and they are good on the defensive glass. And Texas isn't shooting it great, but their offense looks good overall. Those guards have been playing well. The spread seems on target to me. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with Matt where if it dipped a little lower, I'd, I'd be interested in Texas. I'm giving a lot for home here. We saw the environment against Gonzaga. But as you said, Gonzaga doesn't really have a rim protector, and Texas was able to score inside. Creighton's got a big-time rim protector. I, I want to talk about Creighton's ball handling real quick because their turnover rate's 14th in the country. It looks incredible. Pristine, this team never turns the ball over. But their schedule's been really soft in terms of teams that pressure. Uh, they had Arkansas in there, which they turned the ball over 17 times. They had Texas Tech, where they turned it over, I think, 13 times in the first half before completely cleaning it up in the second half. But their other opponents, defensive turnover percentage ranking, 324, 278th, 252nd, 301st, and Arizona's 347. It's like they weren't playing teams that pressure yeah. the way that I think Texas is going to. And when they did play teams like that, they showed some vulnerability. First road game, I, I think – Creighton might crack a little bit here with their ball handling. I definitely lean towards the horns um, over, up over six. I don't want to lay it, but that's just kind of my gut sensation with this game. All right, coming up next, we've got Seton Hall headed to Texas, uh, headed to Kansas. Excuse me, another Big East, Big Twelve battle. High Kansas has taken money, bet up from seven and a half all the way to yeah. ten. I was Ooh. a little part of that because I just I don't know what Seton Hall is doing offensively. And they've got injury issues. You you sent me some Shaheen Holloway quotes where he's he doesn't know who's going to play up until game yeah. time most of the time. Uh, I know Kansas has injuries too, but how, how do you see this one? Yeah, KU's banged up. McCuller is doubtful. He he is pretty important on both ends for this team. And Pettiford probably is out as well. 
bench guard piece. I think Yesufu is just as good there. But Jim, you kind of mentioned it. I don't trust Seton Hall's locker room at all right now. It sounds like a weird situation. Shaheen Holloway has been frustrated with guys who are supposed to play and they tell him they're injured before the game starts. Uh, I was looking to back Seton Hall in this game. I, I was. I, I thought um, uh, I would get a good number on him. A 10 is a great number. But man, Matt, with those quotes, you have to stay far away, in my opinion. Can't trust them at the fog. 10 is way too high, but I'm not touching it. Yeah, I didn't touch it. I guess I think it opened eight. Uh, maybe if you got on the opener, I would have endorsed Kansas, but similar narrative um, to the Texas game we just broke down, right? I just, I'm trying to respect home court. Um, and Seton Hall has a lot of issues you guys discussed. So, yeah, I, the problem is that KU is not prior year KU. They just don't have that like offensive 16 to two and two and a half minute run gear that I think they used to have. Um, it's a complete, it's a balanced team, but it's a team that's young and a team that's kind of banged up right now. Uh, relying pretty heavily on Wilson and uh, Mr. Dick to score points in bunches there. So yeah, not a team Mr. looking Dick. to back Mr. Dick, Mr. Cox, Mr. You know, Dick. You know, cousins you know they are doing them, that is they're defending like crazy. And yeah, they are. You're giving me Kansas at home against the Seton Hall team that can't score really and has no no general yeah. plan offensively in the half court. Uh, just kind of a lot of ISO stuff. I kind of like Kansas here. Like I said, I took them at minus seven and a half, but one of the openers and got a, got a pretty good number. Would not recommend laying 10. That's a lot. Um, but I just think they're further along. Seton Hall, God, that offense. I, I, they, I know they had the upset win over or kind of upset win over Memphis, but that was luck. They had some really, really beneficial breaks go their way down the stretch. Lost to Siena on the neutral floor. Like, I, I don't know. Not, I'm not as sold on the Seton Hall team as I thought I was going to be coming into the year. They should be even better defensively than they are. Potentially an under. But I think it's going to be a lot of time. Yeah, under, you're right. That might be the play. I think it'll be inefficient, but there might be a lot of possessions. Uh, all right. There's going to be a lot of possessions in the mountains, though. Uh, Matt, we're going to talk about our Utes here. They are hosting Arizona. I loved seeing somebody in the chat. I missed who. I'm sorry. But they said Utah could be a pace taker here against Arizona. Pretty much everybody has to be, Matthew. Arizona just gets the ball. And they go, go, go. Whether it's a make or a miss, they want to play in transition. Are you worried about that at elevation at all? Uh, no, I mean, Zona ran them out last year, correct? I was trying to find the results from last season. Yeah, 97-77 last year. Yeah, and that's that's sort of the concern with Utah, but I did take Utah here um, because I am a subscriber and basically lifelong beholder to the Craig Smith fan club. So, yeah, I did take seven and a half or seven, I think. Um, I, this year's team matches up better, and Utah's been quietly solid the last, like, four games. Um, they were hurt to start the year. I think Marco Anthony back is like absolutely enormous for this team. Um, you look at like their top seven guys, it's pretty legit. They actually have size up front this season. Obviously, Zona's size is a little more physical and stronger, you know, more brute force up there. But I think they can withstand to some degree the interior onslaught that Zona's been putting on teams so far. Um, I just think it's going to be a closer game than people think in elevation. Uh, first conference game of the year, I think they maybe catches. Uh, sneaks up on Zona, and we have the Maui coming off the island factor, Kai. So, go Utes. Yeah, who knows if that's really a factor. I'd love to get some hard... It could be BS. I'm going gonna, gonna to cling to it, though. I'll cling to it anecdotally. Well, uh, Arizona looks like a top-five team. Uh, they ran through Maui, and they were up big on Creighton before that game turned close at the end. Um, Utah is definitely a tough place to play. I think everyone's pretty well aware of that. But, hey, Sam Houston beat them here. The Utes are 0-2 against top 100 teams. This is the best team they've played by far. They do have a good interior defense, Matt. You're right. That's huge against an Arizona team that's kind of looking to go inside and penetrate. But Arizona can also shoot. 
they have a ton of shooting. And I don't think Utah can keep up with them in the run. I, I think Arizona can get in transition. Like Jim said, they're probably a pace taker because who isn't against Arizona? And heck, Utah's been playing pretty fast offensively too. I would think Craig Smith would want to slow this game down, try to make it a crawl. Uh, but it's tough to do against Arizona. I'm not fading uh, the Cats here. I also did not take them as well, Jim. Yeah, last year Utah was not a fast team, and this game was 84 possessions, the, the game at yeah. Utah between Arizona and Utah. Like, Arizona totally sped them up. I'm concerned that could happen here. So while I'm with Nat on my my gut lean, home dog Utah team that I'm pretty high on this year, uh, I wasn't able to pull the trigger on this one. I ended up sitting it out. Hope my Utes get the W, but Arizona, boy, they looked like a juggernaut on Maui. All right, next one up, also in the Pac-12 here, got another road favorite, UCLA, Kai. Um, been solid, but they they went 0-2 in that event in Vegas. Now they go to Stanford, a team that I know you have seen in person and we're not thrilled by. Uh, do we think that the Bruins get a big road W to start league play? They quietly need this game. They, they have zero quality wins so far, and, and the Pac-12 is pretty down, as we're well aware. Uh, I think they get it done here. There's not much home, Matt, for Stanford. Um, UCLA's look solid. Stanford hasn't been good. Their offense is terrible. It gets stuck in the mud. Maybe they can muck this game up, make it a little physical. I just don't see UCLA getting that bothered by it. Now, Jalen Clark, check his status. He has been very good for the Bruins this year. Maybe he means a little bit of something in this <clears> game, but they still have plenty of talent. The line might be a touch high at six and a half, but I'm still sort of leaning towards UCLA. Tough to figure out UCLA. Like, I'm not going to, you know, put a black mark on their resume because of the MTE in Vegas. But I mean, outside of that, they've just looked really good against not great teams. So it's sort of a team I don't feel super confident laying the points. Um, But this is a spot I had UCLA circled. I just don't think Stanford's home court is worth much. Um, It's kind of a sterile place to play. I think UCLA inspired or I guess motivated by the first conference game, um, looking to maybe prove that they actually are up to playing against top tier competition. I think there's some, qualitative juju in the favor of the Bruins gym and I this Stanford team man I don't know just doesn't quite doesn't do it for me yeah not a huge fan I think Jalen Clark was back at practice for UCLA he's rather important as a defender you can throw him at Michael Jones or Spencer Jones or any other Jones that Stanford decides to produce maybe even Harrison Ingram I would lean towards UCLA too but the number doesn't feel right uh, this would be like, if I bet it, it would just be like, I'm not looking at my number. I'm just UCLA over Stanford. I'll I'll, I'll take it, but mm-hmm. uh, not betting it. All right, let's get to our first chat mob section. Before we do, though, again, if you're watching on the Field of 68 regular channel, make sure you check out the Best Bets channel where we're trying to see uh, if we can push a little more to that. This is the Best Bets show. It's every day. Feel free to check us out. Um, all right, let's go to chat mob. This is our specialty. Any Any games, Kai, what do you got for us? Durko asks about Wright State and Robert Morris going to gym. Spread's pretty high for a conference game. Yeah, but I kind of buy Wright State, and they have the offensive firepower to blow teams out. Um, I'm not going to take them because I'm, you know, conference opener, a lot of points for a dog. Perhaps Robert Morris is a lot more feisty than I would anticipate, but um, I, I just, I like the Raiders this year. They've had a couple solid wins. Maybe the Louisville win doesn't look as good anymore, but uh, Wright State would be my my gut sense there. Need intel on Enoch Cheeks for Robert Morris, key player. Yeah, did a few games. games. Yeah, a few games. Thank you. Matthew, let's uh, stay in the horizon here. Cleveland State and Oakland. Oakland Grizzlies, we usually like to bet on this team. They've been poor this year. What do you think about this one? I bet them again today. But I'm sure it's a loser. I've already graded it in, my, in our spreadsheet, <laughs> Kai. But the spread was too high. Um, it just comes down to Jalen Moore, Lauren Bowman, 
and Rocket Watts, the three best players on that team, very clearly all injured to certain degrees. Greg Campy basically said they're playing hurt because they all want to play. So he's like, yeah, they want to play. I'm going to let them play. I don't have, you know, what else am I not going to stop them from playing? But they've not been good. So, Jim, I'm hoping a little bit of rest recovery conference game to start. Maybe get more of a true effort from the Grizz. Yeah, maybe hopefully some defensive regression for Oakland, too. Opponents shooting 44% from three. Cleveland State, I don't love as a favorite. So they can't shoot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Jim, Valpo and Belmont, this spread has come down from 11, 11 and a half down to nine now. Valpo finally looked actually good uh, against James Madison. What do you think? I I think that was more James Madison hangover game after the South Dakota State win. I I prefer Belmont. Um, They they just got Keyshawn Davidson, the transfer from Tennessee Tech, back on the floor. I've been really impressed with their freshmen. Maybe there's some like Valpo. All right, it's conference play. Let's reset. We're more talented than what we've been showing. But I, I, I just like Belmont. And Kyle, we kind of like the teams that change leagues in their early conference games because the, the opponent is unfamiliar with them. So I, I would lean towards Belmont. That's definitely true. Uh, Matthew, you get Pacific and UC Davis. This game was up over eight points. It's now six and a half. Pacific's looked terrible since, ironically, their head coach... Is back on the side. I know. That's what's think? weird. It's like, so I watched the two games which he was out, and like the assistant, I forget who it was, was like the most fiery dude ever. The players were all playing really hard. Haven't watched him since. Results certainly haven't been that good. The fan forums seem to think they. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Been fine. Just a couple of bad stretches, late execution. They think they could be a lot, you know, what, five and two, seven, two and five. I don't know. Could be all hearsay. I like Pacific High, short and sweet. I just think they're much closer to a pick with this team, not seven or eight points worse. Yeah, I wouldn't go pick, but uh, definitely not six or seven points worse. They're not that much worse than UC Davis. They're not. Davis blows leads constantly. Back door should be wide open. It should be wide open, baby. Uh, Ivy Curry, just jumpers. Jim, you get an extra game. Wofford and Presbyterian. I saw someone in the chat like the over in this one as well, but 12 and a half point spread here. Man, that makes me nervous. I kind of like the under. I think both teams are half court centric. Uh, Maybe they can't defend each other, but Presbyterian got Winston Hill back uh, a couple games back. He's been playing fairly well, hopefully ramping up his minutes more as we go. So I lean towards the dog in the under. I think Presbyterian tries to turn it into a slog, but man, I don't, I don't have that with a lot of conviction. So if you're, if you're on the over, go for it. Let's go one more uh, before we get back to the rundown here. Matthew Detroit mercy on the road, Purdue Fort Wayne, another horizon conference game here. Spreads four and a half. I took uh, Mercy in the fighting Antoine Davis's. Just think the number's a little too big. It should be close to a pick. I think Detroit's a little bit undervalued right now. The problem is that their home road splits are so stark. So I'm worried I overlook that by betting them on the road here. They, I think this was the case last year and the year before. They've just been much, much better uh, at home. Yeah, Why it's don't gonna, they play defense? I don't yeah, get it. a lot of points. Uh, both teams are going to score a lot of points, I think. Yeah, the over's probably a good, pretty good bet, too. Yeah, uh, That's a simple, like, uh, seems very too simplistic, but... Totals, that's what wins, baby. Think simple. Think small, win big for totals. I agree. All right, back to the outline, Kai. Back to the outline, Jim. Let's do it. I'm going to go right back to you. Oklahoma State is headed to UConn. 
you saw these Huskies just dominate in Portland, complete yeah. smashing of opponents out there. Now, if you dig into a little bit, they did get mm. shorthanded Oregon, uh, an impressive effort, admittedly, against Alabama. But then Iowa State coming off a huge emotional win against North Carolina. Maybe there wasn't quite the same gusto. They got him in foul trouble big time. This UConn team just has so much physicality and depth. Do you really think Oklahoma State can keep it within, what, eight and a half is where it's at now at Bet Rivers? This game touched 10, and I nearly stepped in on Oklahoma State. Yep, I, so I thought too. that was a bit ridiculous. Now, UConn does look like a top-five team. This team is legitimate. I, I put a future on them, even though Dan Hurley can't really win in the tournament. Um, do we see a Portland hangover here? Purdue couldn't cover against Florida State, even though they outplayed them pretty much in every single way. Um, Oklahoma State's not a bad team. They need they really need this win if they want to keep their at-large hopes alive, heading into the conference play where, where they'll get plenty of chances. But Nobody can match UConn in size, Matt, in the country, but Oklahoma State's interior is pretty good. They have a number of shot blockers. I worry about Oklahoma State on the perimeter, though, offensively. UConn's perimeter is very long, um, but maybe Oklahoma State can force turnovers here. Iowa State turned the Huskies over 19 times. Perhaps that's Oklahoma State's path. If it was still 10, I'd be recommending Oklahoma State at 8.5 with how high possession this game could get. I don't really trust Oklahoma State here. Yeah, I'm with you. Ten, I think it's worth look worth looking at the pokes, but I'm not in any hurry to to fade UConn um, at eight and a half. I, you know, UConn and Purdue gym, two teams I'm tagging. Like, we'll we'll find out like how real the MT stuff was. Like, I think we both are believers in both teams, but to what degree? Like, top three, top five, good, or more like fringe top ten, good. Um, and I think you'll see the prices for both teams inflated the next two to three weeks. So we'll see if they can cover them. Yeah, I, I'm looking at this number. Uh, UConn on a neutral was six and a half over Iowa State. I think it got that down a little bit. Now at home, they're eight and a half against Oklahoma State. I don't. I, that doesn't. I don't think Oklahoma State's a whole lot better than Iowa State this year, unfortunately. Uh, so I kind of lean towards UConn. And Matt, you talked about the home value in these conference challenges. This is the Big East, Big Twelve again. I just. I think Oklahoma State's really going to struggle to score against UConn. The size, the physicality that they bring. So I, I'm. Leaning towards UConn, now the numbers come down, but again, have not bet that one. All right, back to the Pac-12. We, we went away. We're coming right back to it. Back to altitude, Colorado hosting Arizona State. Now, we uh, outlined the ridiculous Marcus Bagley saga on our podcast yesterday. Uh, we don't need to go into too much detail today. He's not playing because of some weird rifts with Bobby Hurley. Do you think that's enough to give Colorado the edge here as a home team in the mountains? No. I don't. Um, I didn't take Arizona State. I saw the line was a little too short, but I do like this Arizona State version, whatever it is right now, without Bagley. It's funny, like a year and a half ago, we're like, oh, Bagley's worth five points. You can't bet this team without Bagley, and they were atrocious. Now they've kind of retooled the entire identity of this team around defense and physicality, uh, which has been lacking severely the entire Hurley regime there. And it kind of reading between the tea leaves sounds like Bagley wasn't all the way committed on the defensive end, and I think the players in both Hurley are just completely fine with him not being there. So... All that is to say, he's not a part of the handicap. I've kind of thrown him out, and I don't trust the Colorado team at all, Kyle. I think they're incredibly volatile. So, you know, this is a great live betting game. I'll definitely say that. I think if you get one team down 10, down 15, um, you'll, you'll see some NBA-type swings. Yeah, uh, like Utah, right, Colorado, tough place to play. We might be looking to fade these Arizona teams in the next game, perhaps, a little mountain road trip. But, yeah, weird stuff going on with Bagley. Perhaps it's actually helped Arizona State to know he's just not going to play. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna transfer at this point with all the Twitter stuff he's been doing. Uh, Colorado's difficult to figure out, man. Apparently, they can play with anybody. 
and apparently they, apparently they can lose to anybody. So I can't say I feel good about backing them. I can't say I feel good about fading them. It's only their third home game of the year. I think they do give a pretty good effort here in the opener. Arizona State is not a great road team. Their only road game this year was a loss to Texas Southern. The spread just feels about right at four and a half. So I'm staying clear away, Jim. Kai, that, that was one of my bigger points. Like their their poor road effort at Texas Southern. Now they have yeah. to go to altitude, tough place. That that is kind of getting me skeptical of Arizona State. And no one's made threes against mm-hmm. Arizona State. I know they they have defended better this year, but they're not some like crazy long monster closeout team. And they're surrendering twenty two percent a make rate from from downtown in seven games. I don't buy that. I, I think that starts to maybe regress a little bit. You said Colorado's up and down. Um, they're better when they're locked in, motivated, and this yeah. is their their uh, yeah. conference opener at home. So I think we, you should get the better version of Colorado today. I lean towards the Buffs. Um, didn't end up betting it because of the number. Also, I think it's fairly spot on. I think that a lot of these Pac-12 games were aligned fairly well, uh, but that would be where I'd go there. All right, last one in the Pac-12, Washington State at Oregon here. You know, we've got the the Ducks guy super banged up. Sounds like they're still going to be without Bartholomew. Still no Kusinard. A lot of the depth players still probably out as well. Maybe only like six or seven scholarship guys have to play some walk-ons in the mm-hmm. backcourt. Does that give the edge to the Cougs on the road? Yeah, yeah both teams kind of need to win here. Uh, Oregon is getting healthy. Rigby is back in the backcourt. Brennan Rigby um, making his debut. Altman talks about him like he's incredibly important. So I know. That's, ton of love for him. a favor for them. But Dante is still questionable. I'm not sure if he's going to play um, TBD. If he's out, it's definitely Wazoo for me. But even with him in there, I think Wazoo can compete. I don't think Ruby moves the needle a ton. I'm kind of slightly disagree with Altman there. I think Wazoo can compete on the glass. They can match size up front or at least get close, Matt, which a lot of teams cannot against Oregon. Oregon's the biggest team in the country. And Smith's a great coach. His team can also shoot. Oregon's allowing a ton of three-point attempts this season. They're not defending the, the line very well, and that has a lot to do with their backcourt being kind of gutted right now. It's right up Washington State's alley, this matchup. It's my best bet as well. And Ooh, I believe they are plus four right now. It's come down, unfortunately. Yeah. Plus four best bet on Washington State, I will take. Love it. Yeah, I, I'll just give you Washington State side of the coin. I'm all over Washington State here. I think if Dante plays, I still like it. If he's out, it's like I'll probably add more, even at the worst number. I just think they should be favored with how much in shambles this Oregon thing feels right now. I mean, Altman was pretty explicit about how ominous it seems. Washington State got healthier. Robin's going to be back for his third game. They get Rosario back. I know he hasn't really done much, but he's an out of the body for a team that needs bodies. They, they, they play well with depth. Um, and I think their size will just completely negate Oregon's only avenue to have success on either end. And without Dante, I mean, it could be a bloodbath up front. The pit doesn't have wow. the same home court juice when this team's not rolling. So, yeah, check, check, check. Wazoo all the way. I wouldn't call it yeah, bloodbath. Where's pretty big. <laughs> he's he's pretty yeah. Where's big? Sorry, you're on. Where's big boy? Big we boy. don't know. If he's big boy. Brittle Biddle is also questionable, so we'll yeah. see yep. if he's out there. Um, Oregon with this short-handed team did beat Villanova, but I think that is Villanova indictment more than anything. That team yes. is really really struggling. My one hesitancy on on Washington State man is your boy Justin Powell continues to have terrible splits when he plays better competition. It's just it's become yeah. a career long thing that is starting to make me wonder if he actually is that level, that tier. Um, if he's played like what up to 20 games now against power conference competition, and it's it hasn't been good. The numbers are bad. So we'll see if he can handle it. Um, 
Oregon being shorthanded in the backcourt and maybe having to guard him with Gabe Reichel and walk on could be huge for Powell. Uh, but I, I like Washington State. I'm, I'm on the same page as these guys. That's just my one hesitation. All right, last one on the outline, a mid-major battle that apparently Taylor Burkfeld in the chat is going to be covering tonight. So we've got to have some wow. very intimate thoughts here. Young, Youngstown State headed to Northern Kentucky. Now we've got injury questions here for the Norse. Sam Vincent's status is pretty big. So, Taylor, if you've got a scoop on that, you're going to be in the arena. Let yes, us know. Please, please DM us. us. Uh, but the Penguins, a road <laughs> favorite here to start off league play. Do they get a road victory to start off the horizon? Matt. Oh, to me. Sorry. Uh, I was just reading the chat. I was like, yeah, go Norse, baby. I'm kind of with them. I think the Norse is my lean. I didn't bet it just because I respect how good Youngstown's been this season. And that roster is very good, very deep. Um, but the Norse cannot be backed until you know the situation of Sam Vincent and Xavier Rhodes. I think we think Rhodes is going to play, but Vincent is more unlikely. Effectively, yeah, those Rhodes, are their two Rhodes primary illness and, and Vincent's like actual injury that they've been vague about. Right. And those are like their two primary ball handlers creators. Now, Marcus Warwick went for 45 last game without those two, carried them to a sneak, uh, a narrow win in overtime against Tennessee Tech. Double kind of shows you. Yeah. Like it kind of shows you how they need those other two complementary creators to just take the pressure off work. Otherwise, it's going to be like, all right, work. It's you or no one else is going to get buckets for us. Um, so if both are back, I like the Norse. If one's back, yep. I'm staying away. If they're both out, I'd even lean Youngstown. I think they're that important. Yep. I agree. Wink, wink, Taylor in the chat. Uh, if you're going to back Northern Kentucky, you have to know about Rhodes and Benson. They're two starters. Um, they have not looked good without them in the lineup. I mean, Tennessee Tech, double overtime. They won by eight. It was a close game the entire way. Now, Tennessee Tech's been pretty solid this year. I'll give them a little bit of credit. And, YS- and YSU has been great. Uh, yeah. They're decent against zones as well, which is key. NKU is going to throw a zone at them. Youngstown has the shooters to kind of combat that. It's not the preferred method of scoring, uh, but they can shoot and they can definitely rebound the ball. And that's, of course, any zones kryptonite. That's been NKU's kryptonite this year. If those guards are out, I'm on Youngstown. If they're in, I'm probably leaning Northern Kentucky. Yeah, like I think they're that important where you could be on either side pending yes. their status. Uh, Youngstown lost by 1-14 and 14 to Northern Kentucky last year. They do have some new pieces. Hopefully they're familiar enough with the weird amoeba zone that NKU yeah. throws out there. That's That's always the key against them. But I'm with Kai. It it's comes down to the status of Vincent and Rhodes. I, I strongly think Rhodes is going to play. It sounds like it, but Vincent is a, a big, big swing. So we'll see what what we can find out there. All right, that's it. Uh, let's go to Chat Mob Part 2. Again, if you're watching on the Field of 68's usual channel, <clears throat> check out the Best Bets YouTube channel. Subscribe to that one as well. We're live five to six times a week on there. Uh, same time, usually 12 p.m. Central and then 10, 15 a.m. Central on the weekends. Kai, what do we got for questions? Uh, Rick, among others, have asked about Denver and Houston Christian. And boy, this spread hit seven. And I was like, guys, how good is Denver? No no chance this spread should be this high. It's down to five and a half, Jim. A little more reasonable, in my opinion. Do you have a side in this one? Uh, yeah, I was surprised it went up that high with Tevin Smith questionable. Denver's yeah. best player had a knee injury at their MTE, missed a game. They have not released how serious it is, if he's done for the year or if it's a slight sprain and he could be back. But man, I it, it's hard to imagine that number ballooning like it did if he's not in there. Um, I would lean towards Houston Christian, but they also have been pretty abysmal this year. Their defense is a sieve. Like you get a layup immediately against them. So I'm yeah. a little bit skeptical. Matthew, Murray State, Illinois State, Valley opener for both teams, Valley opener ever for Murray. Yep. Illinois State's been terrible this year, but this spread's pretty big. Part big. of me thinks 
it's bounce back time for the Redbirds. I kind of agree with that. I didn't take it because they've shown me no evidence to right. believe. Like, I need to at least seen like 10 minutes of basketball where it's like, okay, if that team shows up for 30 times, that's probably good enough to cover. But I haven't even seen that. Like, they just kind of rolled over against Rhode Island, who's kind of shelling themselves. That was putrid. And Murray State's like really good. Like, I think we're yeah. still John floor uh, after their MTE performance. But you're right. The first conference game angle kind of made me stay away. Uh, so nothing there for me. Illinois State, 0-7 against the spread this year, negative yep. 7 cover margin. They have been Not as bad as you can be. Yep. Yeah, don't don't catch the falling knife. Uh, don't try to time the upswing. Just keep fading or keep betting and then go from there. That's going to be my policy this year, guys. Yep. Uh, Texas State, Jim, 12-point favorite against Lamar. Speaking of teams that don't look very good, Texas State. I kind of like Texas State here. Maybe that's gross, um, laying a bunch of points on the road, but I think they usually smash lesser competition. That's kind of been their style. That's how they've won Sunbelt. They are terrible if they have to play power conference teams. They don't really elevate well, unless that power conference team is Oregon State but uh, or Cal. But I I, I would lean towards the Bobcats here. Bobcats, is that right? Texas State? Yeah, Bobcats. Lamar's terrible, too. They're bad. They're really bad. Uh, I'll take this one. Milwaukee and Green Bay. I'll tell you what, Milwaukee is looking a lot better. And Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. We love Bart Lundy, the coach coming over from Queens, who's also doing pretty well this year. It seems like he finally figured it out in their little MTE they had. They hosted Green Bay's not a lot of travel. It's up to seven and a half. Can't recommend now, but I did like them at a lower number, around six or so. That's high. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a high number, but I was like, yeah, the number's too high. Who cares? Milwaukee's good now. Green Bay's been absolutely atrocious. They're without uh, Blake, the only guy who looks somewhat competent the last yeah. game. So if he's not playing, like, I don't know. What's their hope of scoring? None. Matt, thoughts about Utah Tech going to Utah State, the Spectrum Center, baby? Yeah, it's a big number, but uh, Utah State makes big numbers look small pretty quickly. Um, I know the travel's not That's like nice. as crazy as a lot of the teams that have to go there, which I think wears teams out quickly. And, you know, Utah Tech plays in some altitude. That does help. Uh, they're well coached, but no uh, no action here for me. I will say it, Utah Tech is like south south end of the state, close to Vegas. So it is. It is it's a, a pretty good trip. Right? It's not like it's a road. Yeah, yeah. Big state. Yeah. Jim, Washington and Oregon State from Andrew here. The Beavers are plus five home dog coming home from Portland. What do you think? Pac-12 team that did not make the outline here. Um, yes. I lean towards the Huskies, but man, that's not a team I want to trust as a road favorite. And mm-hmm. Tinkle does seem like he's got his bag of tricks this year. Uh, the young pieces on that roster have been pretty solid. Pope in particular gave a shout out to him on our on our real podcast. So I would lean Washington, but I don't feel good about it and definitely will not recommend it to folks. We talked about the uh, Valpo Belmont, Mr. Metric Panda. Uh Fairfield Manhattan is that a game that's on today? It is. Matt. Yes, it is. Fairfield's Conference minus game. two at Manhattan. Uh, Manhattan is kind of acquitted itself a little bit with the, yeah, with the coaching agree. situation. What do you think? I agree. People overreact to the Manhattan thing. Like the roster is fine. It's not terrible. Not enough guys stayed. They got Samir Stewart, my boy, back. Kai, as you astutely For found the in the game. box score. Yeah. So, and the like, they like the coach. Apparently, the coach has been an assistant. It's not like it's a major stylistic. Like, still a competent team. And I like Fairfield's very good. So. I'm, uh, I would lean the Jaspers. I don't know why I haven't played this, actually. I think Fairfield's kind of good. 
They, uh, I thought they were good. Then they played bad. Then they doused Towson. I was like, oh, they are good. So Matt likes Marist. Matt does not like Fairfield. That's my like. I have like a notepad on my screen because I always confuse those two. I dislike Fairfield every single year, and I'm trying trying to come around on this team. Uh, okay, that does it for Chat Mob Round Two. Let's go best bets. I think Matt's leading us off here. Yep, Matthew, um, hit us. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I uh, well, I forgot my best bet because I was going to go Washington State, but Kai jacked it from me. <laughs> um, I knew you wanted. So, what is my best bet? Mount St. Mary's is your best bet. That's right, Mount St. Mary's. Thank you, Kai. Look the at newest addition folks. to the oh, MAAC. Man. How excited I am to share it with you. Um, no, this is actually a really good bet, even though I forgot about it. I just I have so many good bets today, it's hard to keep track of them all. Uh, but yeah, the Mount in their first conference game going on a, I don't know, semi-short, not that short road trip uh, to the Northeast Corridor there. I just think they've been very impressive so far. It looked really good, acquitted themselves on the West Coast trip. Um, I know they're going to be without likely one of their better guards today, but I think they dominate St. Peter's up front. Um, they still kind of have like the that bigger DNA that they've had the last couple of years. And St. Peter's has no size, like absolutely no size this year. It's like all guards under Bashir Mason. Big matchup beds for Mount St. Mary's. I think the better team. So give me the Mount plus three, I think is the current number. I'm uh, I'm Boy. looking up. It is 230 miles away from St. Peter's. Huh. That's a little farther than I thought. Yeah, it's in like Maryland. Yeah, I should have known that. Okay. It's not that far though. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And it's Emmitsburg, Matthew. Emmitsburg. Emmitsburg. Yeah. Right. Kai, what about your best bet? Best bet uh, again is Wazoo plus four. That's Washington State, the Cougars. They're located in Pullman, Washington. Jim, <laughs> your turn. Uh I'm going with an over, and I know that will probably surprise everybody. Um uh, wow. How, how did Harry know that? Uh, I guess it's probably on the other screen. That must be what it is. Uh, but yeah, Cornell and Delaware, the over 155, big, big number. Uh, but Delaware has run when they play teams that run and Cornell loves to run. They get up and down with Mr. Earl at the headline or at the, uh, on the helm. helm. At the helm. Yeah. Wow. I just got lost in a steep, total brain fart there, helm. but yeah, I think both teams will play fast. I think both teams can score. Jair Davis should have an absolute heyday inside uh, against uh, Cornell's interior defense. So I've been trying to get out of the fight. The unders weren't, doing great the efficiency has spiked around the sport the last couple of days so i'm going with an over here to try to change things up and it is a high total but i like it all right that is it thank you folks for tuning in we'll be back one more time tomorrow not a deep slate tomorrow but there are some big headliners we got gonzaga baylor from a neutral floor tomorrow we'll be talking about that one same time 1 p.m eastern 12 central and one last plug if you're watching on the field of 68's main youtube channel Hop over to the Best Bets channel, get in wow. there, get in the chat. That's where we pull all our yeah. questions from. So if you have a game you're curious about, that will be coming from the Best Bets live chat. But until tomorrow, good luck tonight. Enjoy the basketball. See you Friday.